actually one of the, the vice president of operations of this operation during Warrior that I was telling you about. Mm -hmm. And he was telling me about the Diaz brothers. And uh, he is the SWAT commander for Lodi, California. And he was telling me, man, that the Diaz brothers, they, they get in trouble all the time. And they, they get arrested, I mean, almost monthly, man. <laughs> so, so, well, so yeah, this is a common thing. <laughs> yeah, it can be. <laughs> if, if somebody knows, Jeff knows, and he'll tell us more about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. That's my dear brothers. Murray brothers? Yeah. Can I just click on them? Yeah. I think we're live, no? Yeah, we're live. I'm just going to share. Brothers, they, they get in trouble all we the time. Sharing, they, yeah. they get arrested almost monthly. So, 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 yeah, it's, it's a common thing. All right, everybody. Hello, hello. This is Carlos and Ricardo from Marketer Brothers. We have a very special guest today, and we're so very excited. I've known Jeff for how many years now? Probably about five, I'd yeah, say. Yeah, four or five years. No? Even, even longer than that. I've, I've, I've been here seven years. So it was 2014, 23rd? It was yeah. like 2014, so it's yeah. been about five years, yeah. Awesome. So, yeah, I mean, I've known Jeff. He's a Denver entrepreneur and uh, probably one of the guys that has the most hustle I know. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, I mean, your story is awesome. And, and uh, you've, you've done, you know, in my opinion, something that a lot of people are very afraid to do, which is you've basically built a business from, from zero yep. and to what now is, is a, a a group of companies that uh, you have really um, locally created um, a well-known name, in my opinion, and now you're diversifying in other cities as well and things yep. like that. So, first of all, welcome to Marketer Brothers, Thank man. Thank you very much. Appreciate you having me Thank here. Thank you for having me here. Um, welcome, man. Just so that people know that are maybe watching for the first time, you know, our goal with this channel and with Marketer Brothers in general is to add value to the lives mm -hmm. and to the businesses of entrepreneurs out there that uh, might be watching us from anywhere in the world. Yeah. And uh, this is something that we started because, um, you know, my dad was a serial entrepreneur like you, like me, like Ricardo. Mm -hmm. And uh, he started from very humble beginnings. And when he passed away, it kind of instilled a fire in us to start sharing what we've learned and what we know and have people like yourself that have hands-on experience yeah. and that have struggled and that have seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, those stories, at least to me, add huge value to anyone that is getting started yeah. or that is in this journey to be successful in yeah. business. So, man, welcome to the channel. Thank you both. Appreciate and it. Please tell us a little bit more about yourself. Tell us about, you know, uh, where are you from? Mm -hmm. um, and kind of your journey as uh, I always ask people, uh, how were you as a kid? You know, I think this is terrible. Really <laughs> okay. I was, so, I was terrible. That's what I was telling you. I was looking across the street and I saw Delgado's box in here and that's actually where I started the box. Um, kept me out of a lot of trouble when I, when I was younger, but I actually, I grew up just five minutes from here. Okay. So, um, just down off of 80th and federal in Denver. And, uh, you know, now looking back, it's funny, we were talking about it. I, I was talking to a friend the other day. I've, I've been an entrepreneur my whole life and started very young. Um, my mom, I believe, was very entrepreneurial minded too. But when I was a young boy, she became very sick and ill with a, with a brain tumor and it changed everything for her. So it gave me a lot of motivation to pursue my dreams at all costs. And, um, 
I had just always been growing up when I was young, I was very infatuated with other entrepreneurs and business owners, not athletes as much. So, you know, I was fascinated by the story of Philip Knight from Nike. And um, I always found myself just driving by businesses being like, I wonder who, you know, who does that? And just down here on 80th and federal yeah. where that liquor store is now, there used to be a baseball card shop. And I used to go in there and I used to harass this guy all the time saying, let me sell cards for you at school. Let me sell cards for you at school. And he finally gave in one day and I crushed it. And that was like really my first experience with, with sales. And I loved it. I was in the fifth grade. Um, so yeah, I've just always been fascinated by business. You know, I love, um, I love business and I love the opportunity to, to be able to take something from nothing and create it and, you know, just pursue your passions. Cause I, you know, I grew up, I grew up more on the poor end. And so it's like, if you grow up like that, you don't got nothing to lose. Yes. You know, because we know what that side of the life is, but you, you don't want something more. So. so how did people look at you when you were a kid and you were, because I remember as a, as a little hustler, you know, they're, they're like, teachers will frown upon on it, yeah. you know, adults will be like, man, control your kid. Yeah. Um, how would people look at you? What do you think the perception is? You know, well, I, I didn't, you know, I was in trouble a lot in school. Um, but now, like, I mean, you've talked about this, being an entrepreneur, the school system, in my opinion, is very like cookie cutter. They want you to follow these directions. And I just wasn't interested in it unless it had something to do with business, ironically. So, um, you know, the teachers were constantly calling my parents saying that, you know, I wasn't paying attention in class. They, they thought I was smart, but they didn't know because I wouldn't apply myself going to certain things. Um, but me and uh, some other kids, you know, we, we used to go door to door and, and we, we would shovel walks in the wintertime for five bucks. We would do lawn care. Um, I remember one time we wanted some new cleats for baseball season. So we actually went and bought like all these like wholesale cookies and we put them in baskets and we took them door to door saying we were selling for a fundraiser nice. and uh, we sold out everything. We got our cleats. Hey, where, where's the, where's the kids these days that shovel snow for five bucks? I need some of those. <laughs> I know we have this big corner unit house too. And I'm like, Oh my God, where are these kids at? They're inside playing video games. I'm like, I need some kids to come and shovel the snow. Dude, not, not only that. Yeah, for real. Dude, not only that. I, I actually read somewhere that that now it's so bad now that literally you know summer jobs that were uh, usually reserved for kids, you know, like like lifeguarding and like you know working at little theme parks and stuff like that. Now even Disney has to actually bring kids from overseas, you know, from uh, Europe and everything and, and Latin America. Because they don't want to work. Like the kids, literally, don't, <laughs> they don't want summer jobs. You know, they, they don't they don't earn they don't want to earn any money for a car. I mean, I remember when I was in high school here, man. I mean, everybody was trying to apply for a lifeguard job or or some some whatever part time job they could so that they can make some money. You know, I, I don't know what happened, but yeah. you know, we, we all grew up in that generation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I worked at Waterworld, the water park just up the street here. Uh, they hire when you're 14, and you got to be like a groundskeeper, so like a janitor. Tight yeah. 250 an hour, and I thought it was awesome. Yeah. I was going to ask you, how many jobs did you have? Um, a ton. So, <laughs> uh, you know, I started working when I was 14, working at Waterworld, and that's something I did every summer. And then when I turned 16 years old, I started working at King Supers. Um, and then when I left from there, I worked at Home Depot until I was 18, and, and that was uh, that was it. So that was my last job, and I decided to pursue my dreams full-time from that point. So, I mean, by, by then, you already had four years of work experience under your belt. 
Yeah. And you knew what you didn't like. I knew I was unemployable. <laughs> I, I was just, uh, I always had ideas of like what I thought this business could be. Yeah. And um, it's funny because one of my bosses, my last boss from Home Depot, we're great friends still today. And he's like, when I quit, he's like, I knew you were an entrepreneur. You were a pain in the butt, but you were an entrepreneur. And nice. it didn't shock him, you know. And you're wearing the perfect shirt for it, too. Oh, yeah, self-paid. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah, <laughs> that's a cool shit, man. I like that. The, the months we can pay ourselves, right? <laughs> we can count them on one yeah. hand. <laughs> months we can pay ourselves, right? Yeah. So cool. So 18 years old, mm -hmm. you get started, and that's when Sparta was born. No, so um, uh, I started in the the health and, and supplement industry, and I had this idea that I wanted to call it rock hard nutrition. So um, I was basically a trunk hustler. I would go and I would buy the supplements wholesale and then I would take them to the gym and I would sling them out of my trunk after workouts to, nice. to friends and things like that and so um, that was my first business and then uh, when when I turned 21 the the tech boom was kind of happening with websites and everything like that and I had a lot of uh, I had a lot of good experiences and um, in success the company exploded but I outgrew I didn't have the funding to keep up with what I was doing constantly so it was a, a vicious cycle of the business was exploding we were making good money and then you know 2007 was kind of the uh, slap in the face of why you should diversify and have multiple streams of income because we lost everything that was you your know? first big failure that was my first big first huge failure okay. because um you know being young and thinking i knew everything it was uh gas at four dollars a gallon and and that was our doomsday because we had a lot of business in california and vegas and places like that and so when gas hit four dollars a gallon you know we, we were selling a luxury item of supplements yeah. and first thing to get cut back was that so yeah. we literally lost about 80 percent of our business over a period of six months wow and that was a good lesson to have better strategy going yeah. forward. Not just diversify and have multiple streams of income, but there was things looking back now that I could have been smarter and prepared a little bit better yeah. for a recession, but nobody saw it coming. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and another big thing about it is is learn to adapt, you know? Yeah. Because you know, you have a plan and, and you know, you're a boxer, so like like Mike Tyson said, you know, everybody has a plan until you get punched in the face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And, and that's, you know, learning to adapt and learning to, to, to change. I mean, we've seen throughout our lives, we've seen giant companies fail. And not just little entrepreneurs, you know, the giant companies fail because they, they have failed to adapt, you know? I mean, look at Blockbuster, look at uh, BlackBerry. I mean, it's, you don't adapt. You, no, no matter what, do you, you're going to die. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's easy to get comfortable, yes. isn't it? Yes. Right? It's easy yes. to get comfortable to a level where, especially when we've reached a level that we thought, oh man, this was the max, right? And, right. and, and, and we, we sometimes get to a place where we're like, I've succeeded. And you want to kind of rest a little bit, yeah. but then you realize that, and, and I think this only comes with failure and experience and you know, kind of knocking yourself in the head a few times mm -hmm. where you're like, you know, success is something that you continually pursue yes and then you start learning that it's about the journey and the process mm -hmm. not so much about oh i've gotten this goal yeah because the victory lasts for five minutes 
yeah. think the journey and the process and the legacy yeah. lasts for a lifetime and many, many times over generations. Yeah. Well, and I, I've always felt like the thing that has driven me as cliche as it sounds is it's never been so much like the money. Like, oh, I want to be a millionaire. Like, is that on the goal list for every entrepreneur? Absolutely. But it was, I want to create a legacy and I want to build something that's talked about long after I'm gone. And now, you know, I have daughters as well. And so I want to show them that anything's possible through the pursuit of hard work and determination with their dreams. But one of the craziest things about entrepreneurship and that early, that early on failure is, um, I, I was thinking about this last year and I, I was like thinking to myself, I've always prided myself on being the hardest worker in the room, but you can be the hardest worker in the room and still lose if you don't have strategy. Right. And that was the thing is it, it was just, I was going so hard and so fast that I didn't really, I wasn't prepared for the systems. And that's what knocked me down several times is not being prepared for the systems and having the proper strategy to be able to scale. Yes. Yes. Yep. And not be the only one working. Yes. That's another thing is like, yeah, if you become the only one working hard, then you burn out and everybody else around you is like, I mean, you're working hard, but what do I do? Right. (laughs) It's hard to delegate many times. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So, you fail, 2007, 2008, you learn some lessons, mm-hmm. you pick yourself up, continue. When did Sparta start? So it was uh, November of 2009, I was at a coffee shop with a friend of mine, Jason, um, and, and I was telling him, he's like, what's your plan, what are you gonna do next? And I said, well, I wanna, I wanna still be in the sports supplement industry, but I wanna have my own private label and the name Spartan Labs. And I'd had it for 10 years, but for whatever reason, I just never would, I never did anything with it. Um, and how, he's like, well, how are you gonna get it going? And I said, I think what I'm gonna do is create a combat sports league and use that as a platform to market it, much like UFC did with Zions at the time. And he's like, well, he's like, what are you going to do? Because boxing is kind of dead here. And it had been it. There, there really hadn't been anything with major promotion or production. I have a good friend of mine, Steve Mestis, who he's promoted for a long time boxing. And he's kind of been the king of boxing. But he has so much on his plate because he promotes. And then he moves his fighters to these huge, you know, undercards on Canelo and like the Dan's and bike cards and things like that. So there really wasn't anything here consistently. Um, and so that's when I came up with the idea to do MMA. And, um, one of the parts of the way I grew up is I wanted to give back into the, our community. Cause I, like, that's just always been important to me is I want to, I want to give back into the community where I grew up and other people did a lot of good things for me. So I feel like, you know, I owe my community that. So we were talking and, and I'm like, I'm going to do this first MMA event and I'm going to do a, a military event, army versus Marines. And we're going to benefit four local wounded veterans and it's going to be awesome. And so we did the first event down at this uh, local bar, Grizzly Rose, and it exploded. This thing was huge, and it was a sellout. We raised a bunch of money for the four vets that night. And, um, well, you know, being uh, young and, and too cocky, I guess you could say, I thought every event was going to be that easy. So we came back, and we set up three new events that were non-military related, and we lost all our money again. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the, on the last on the last ride, my wife, uh, we were we went home with seventeen dollars, and, and we had enough money to go back to our little one bedroom apartment, and uh, we spent it on pizza. And anybody who knows me, that doesn't shock them, right? <laughs> um, so we went back, and she said, "Well, look, we either have to we can't feel sorry for ourselves. Um, so we either need to pick up and dust off, but we need to have a strategy and plan." So we put together this strategy and plan, and um, the next year, in 2010, 
we, you know, we had three solid events and then it went to six and nine and 12 and eventually 14 and then 30. Um, and we've done shows in seven other states now. Um, and then uh, it's just kind of brought us to present day, you know, and it's been a whirlwind. And through that, though, through all the success and, and all the good things that happened, like we, again, we went through a phase where we grew so fast that we outgrew all of our yeah. money. So one of the most frustrating things for most entrepreneurs is like, how could my sales be quadruple what they were last year at this time, but I still have no money. Right. And I can barely pay my bills because you're paying everybody else and you know, you're continuing to grow it. So that's probably one of the biggest struggles yeah. that I know a lot of entrepreneurs go through because we literally had no financing, um, no help. We had to build this thing from the bottom because banks would only do a personal loan of up to $10,000 unsecured because the business was too unstable in their mind. It wasn't a brick and mortar business. Right. They wouldn't know how to track down their assets. Um, so by the time we turned the corner, um, we really, we didn't need them at that, you know, at that point, yeah. we just had come up with a better strategy to be safer. And we just kept rolling our cash into one thing yeah. to another, to another, to another. But you know, one thing you described is it, it wasn't, it wasn't rosy all the way. Right. It was like, it was like, win, fail, 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 win, fail, 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 mm -hmm. win. But then you start getting and growing, I think a, a little harder skin. Yes. Right. Yep. And I think that's what people don't realize, especially yep. new entrepreneurs. Yes. That look, there's no question about this. You're going to fail. Yes. Right. I mean, sorry if you've heard somebody out there telling you that <laughs> you could succeed, yeah. but um, you're going to fail invariably yep. and you just have to embrace it. You have to suck it up. You have yep. to pick yourself up and go at it again. Yes. And forget about the bad times. Yep. Learn the lessons. And that's exactly what you did. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, you know, the, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. And um, my goodness, some of the setbacks, as you both know, as entrepreneurs are devastating and they will question your faith. And one of my favorite videos is of Steve Jobs when he says, well, somebody tells him, I want to be an entrepreneur. What's it going to take? Well, it takes unbelievable dedication and trust in the process, right? Yeah. Because you're going to fail and you're going to get knocked down. And that's why 99% of people quit before they retake, they go 99 yards and they get on that one yard line before they're about to go across and they quit. They turn back before the blessing can happen. Um, and if you don't absolutely love what you're doing and you don't have incredible passion for it, you're going to quit yes. because I know for me personally, that's what got me through the darkest days of like being like just completely buried in debt and everybody telling me this into another level. Are we still live? We good? Yeah, yeah. We, okay. we got cut off for a second. I don't know what happened. But, no, no, uh, no, 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 no. We're good, we're good. That's Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> That's technology for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, in, 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 and I've seen you go through that with um, excitement, with joy. Yep. Um, I think we all are entitled to uh, a day of feeling sorry for ourselves. <laughs> There's going to be a moment. <laughs> because we all do that, right? Yeah. We all go through the moments where we're like, oh, man, am I really built for this? Yeah. But I think another thing I've seen uh, in your journey is, I mean, you, you married an incredible woman, right? Yeah. Um, that has been with you through it all. Yes. So maybe you can tell us about that because a lot of entrepreneurs out there, 
need to understand, especially young ones that are about to pick their mates. Yeah. <laughs> pick well. <laughs> well, you know, I have the, the story of thinking I was young and hot stuff and I was never going to get married and I was never going to have kids. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that whole thing. Um, but, you know, I, I met my wife at the gym. I was actually delivering supplements to one of my clients and he's like, hey, I want you to meet my friend. She just moved here from New York and um, it ended up being Becca and he introduced us and, you know, we became friends and started buying supplements for me and um, then we ended up dating and, um, and, you know, falling in love. And, and I got to tell you, like, cause I have a lot of friends that are entrepreneurs too, and their wives don't understand the hundred hour work weeks. Um, you know, literally working hundred hours a week for months on end. And then sometimes to not get money, sometimes to owe money. And that's the craziest thing. Like we have literally come out of an event and lost $25,000 wow. that we worked eight months on and felt we did everything right. You know, and you're just like, Wow. Um, and she's never, we, you know, I've lost everything we've had multiple times along the journey, all of our savings wiped out and she's never one time been like, what the hell are you doing? Like, this is a false dream. She's just like, okay, how can we fix it? How can we make this better? Um, and without her, God, this would not exist. It would be where it is today, present day. Um, and those are things too, like in, you know, being an entrepreneur, I mean, you know, you're married, you know this well. Sometimes we take it out, we project on the people that are closest to us and just right. trying to help. Um, and, you know, it makes them sometimes feel like, you know, you take them for granted. But, I mean, she's the most incredible mother, business partner, and she's been an incredible support system for me. Yeah. So, I mean, she's very entrepreneurial-minded as well. And that's actually what attracted me to her is because – you know, I met her, she was working a job and I'm like, you're an entrepreneur. You should just quit and do this crazy thing with me. And she did. <laughs> <laughs> so, and she's a hard worker, man. Yeah. I've seen her. Yes. I've seen her. And she's tough. Yeah. She's a, <laughs> she's a farm girl and she's got three older brothers. So yeah. it's funny. Like when somebody's just trying to be a gentleman and help her, she's like, you know, she's like, get off me. I got this. She's like, what the hell's wrong with him? I got this. You know? And I'm like, they're just being gentlemen. Right. You know? No, that's awesome. <laughs> so yeah, I've been very blessed with her. Yeah, no, that's great. So now brings us to present time. Yep. Tell us more about Sparta, about uh, the projects you're working on right yeah. now, the businesses you're working on right now, and uh, what does the future hold? Well, so it's crazy. Um, and we were talking about this at our last lunch meeting. Yeah. When we, we just reconnected. You, entrepreneurship, for the younger entrepreneurs out there that are going to watch this, you might be going down this path, and you'll swear this is your only path, and, and you're going to kill yourself to get there, and you're going to do whatever it takes. And then all of a sudden you look to the side of this road and there is, uh, you know, there's the pot of gold, right? right? But it's not on you. It's not anywhere where you, you know, you imagine it's on this other way. And I talk about that because, um, with Sparta combat league, it was just the fights. It was boxing, kickboxing and MMA, and it had some great success. Um, but one day I'm sitting in a meeting with Dodge because we, they were a big sponsor of the event. And the owner of this dealership and multiple dealerships says, Hey, can I have the number of your video content design guy? Because he's incredible. I want him to build the content for me. Yeah. And on the fly, this is the entrepreneur in me. I'm like, Oh, well we have this other business and it's called Sparta media group. And we build video content for businesses. <laughs> and <laughs> you created right? that second. <laughs> That's second. Yeah, man. So, yeah, I created that second. Um, and he's like, well, give me a quote. And, uh, you know, he's like, uh, well, what's your, you know, I was like, what's your budget? And, you know, he told me about fell out of my chair. So I went home and I told that guy, I said, we have this whole other business sitting in front of us. Like the whole way home, my mind wouldn't stop. I'm like, we could be doing this for here, 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 here. 
Um, and then um, at that time, Jesse, who you know, he was yeah. he was kind of part of the crew, but he had his own little side production company. So I had to go talk him into basically abandoning that and jumping ship and coming over. And um, and he did, and it, it was crazy. That business is only two, you know, two, not even two and a half years old, and it already um, outperforms what Sparta Combat League did, but nice. only because of the platform was there. Right in front of us and so I mean you built the foundation yeah we built a foundation so we launched Sparta Media Group and basically this business we build video content for other businesses um, this last Sunday we just launched um, SMG Sports Network which is a streaming network for so youth, for youth athletics um, so we're, we're streaming uh, kids baseball basketball football wrestling tournaments and uh, their family members are able to watch it from you know anywhere in the world essentially um, on their phone and we're running um, you know we're, we're running advertising spots in there and you know digital banner ads and commercials um, and so that business has just been you know just been cranking um, so we have that going um, we still have you know we still have a supplement company and some stuff that we're talking about there as you know and then uh, we actually just uh, just got our new location for an auto spa in Fort Collins off College Avenue. So we're doing, um, yeah, we're running about five Sparta brands right now. Um, but what's awesome is they all kind of coexist. They have synergy to each other. Yeah. And um, each person at the helm has a great a deal of passion for where it is and what, you know, what's in it. So, yeah. you know. Five companies down, uh, four hundred to go. So I'll I'll never uh, I'll never be content because I'm not driven by money. I'm driven by passion. Right. And even you know when you've had those big successful financial breakthroughs, it's awesome and it's nice and you like to be able to take care of your family. Uh, but for me, it's the adrenaline of like the this journey, work, the journey, yeah, right? The process. What could go next? What could go next? Yes. And and I know I'll have more big failures and I know I'll have more big breakthroughs. Yeah. But because I've learned from my failures, I know that they're they're really just um, they're just learning tools to continue to evolve. And I'll tell you something: as you as you fail a lot in the beginning, mm -hmm. you fail a lot less later on. Yeah, because you have acquired that experience, that base of knowledge yep. that helps you steer the ship in yep. a different direction. Yeah, and also for me, um, is you've accumulated a network of people that you trust. Yes. And that you can go to for advice as well. Because, yeah. you know, in the beginning, we're young, we're stubborn, we're cocky, we're <laughs> like, we, 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 we think we're uh, invincible. Yeah. And man, nobody can tell us anything, right? Yeah. It's like, man, it's my way or the highway. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes the highway leads to a cliff, yeah. right? Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, one thing that's really changed my life, uh, just in general, and giving me appreciation for everything as we talked, is gratitude. And you hear a lot of people talk about that, um, but for this whole last year, I, I've literally I start my morning with uh, morning meditation on being grat, you know, and having gratitude and being grateful for just the simple things. And every single morning, I write my goals for the whole day. I used to do them every week, um, and I think you just kind of lose track inside of it. So I write them down every single day. Um, and another new thing that I th I highly encourage the young entrepreneurs if they're not doing is read. Educate yourself, yeah. learn. Um, I've been reading a lot of books. I've read, I've read, have read more books in the last twelve months than I probably did the last twenty years. Yeah, you know? and that's a and that's a big thing people people forget. You know, I mean that that's it's awesome how you describe. You know that that the good habits. You know, and 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 actually realizing that that like you guys said, you don't know it all. You can you can always learn from new people. You can always learn from somebody that has done that has done it before you has made that mistake before you and 
just and never underestimate the value of of actually of actually reaching out you know not knowing that as entrepreneurs that that's ha that that happens a lot it's happened to me you know not not reaching out not not reaching out to the people next to me or to the people that 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 I trust and say listen i don't know this i, I need help i need help and that's and that's a huge a huge a huge thing that we as we mature you know i think we're all now in the, in the, in our 40s and, and and as we mature we're we're like just about okay. yeah not 40 yet. Almost. <laughs> Almost. Yeah. Yeah. I'm mentally 21, though. <laughs> That's my wife. <laughs> she always said, fourth kid. But no, you're, absol you're absolutely correct in that. And, um, you know, as males, we're, I think that, like, especially in the generation we're brought up in, that, like, asking for help is a sign of weakness. Yeah. And, you know, for me, my, my father was uh, a Vietnam veteran. And he was a hardworking man, but he was an alcoholic, and he was mean as hell. And there was no room for emotions. You know, if you showed emotions, your weakness, and you know that one thing, I'll give you something to cry about, yeah. was a real thing with him. Um, and our military series, the Army versus Marines event, we talk about. I actually created that because I wanted to have a closer connection and understanding to my father in the way that he was, the way that he was. Yeah. Um, and it um, it gave me great perspective into. I can't imagine he was 18 years old and he was, you know. He was he was in uh, in the gates of hell, you know, 18 years old. So think about the different generations from the greatest generation ever, Korea, Vietnam, to ours to, to now. Like, you know, my goodness, I can't. There would be no way you would see a 14-year-old volunteering for the war, you know, yeah. saying he was 18 years old. Um, but it was it was crazy for me, like, you know, just that event alone and all the work as you've done for years we've done with veterans is just, it's given me closure to my relationship with my father, though I don't have one with him. Um, I still allow for one with my children. He, he, he is an amazing grandfather to them. And so I think in a weird way, it's given him closure to be able to do it right because he knows in his head he didn't do it right, no, though he'll awesome. never come out and say that. No, and that's amazing that, yep. you know, he's has a relationship with your kids. Yes. Which, close one you know because many times mm -hmm. family split and that doesn't exist so yeah. man that's huge credit to you well it, it didn't happen overnight you know no, I, I was very angry and, and i didn't have a relationship with my mom or my dad um but as i've gotten you know as i've gotten older becca's mom is actually a she's a um, a psychiatrist for uh soldiers in fort drum and so she had some good clarity into the situation for my anger towards my parents and she said like forgiveness is for yourself it's not for anybody else it doesn't mean they're off the hook for what they did to you it means that you can have that clear soul nobody had ever explained it to me in that way and i would just like i'm not going to repeat the cycle i'm going to let them have this relationship with my parents and i don't talk to them so my sister facilitates it i meet her somewhere yeah she takes them um but they they come home ranting and raving about their grandparents and how much they love them and i just it's not my place to tell them how they used to because they're not those people anymore exactly. you know and um but that's been like a very freeing experience for me yeah um and yeah i i love that so anybody who's going through something personal or emotional i highly recommend that you find forgiveness as hard as it is because it is hard yes so, so, oh, yeah. i mean that's a huge one, that's a huge one. <laughs> my, my, my brother was telling me was telling me about that and at, I, I was I was I was one of those guys, man. That you know, you 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 did something to me, and uh, you were done, man. Uh, you were done. You were dead to me. And and uh, <laughs> it, it took it took really maturing a lot. It took doing all these crazy events. We had an interview recently that you know it took it took me doing 
extreme things to myself as like, you know, not sleeping for three days and being in the mountains and stuff like that to realize that, that I got to reach out to, to the people that, I mean, I had a cousin that he was my, my best friend throughout, throughout my childhood, which we, he made a mistake when we were 17, man. And for over 20 years, I mean, this guy, I would not, I would not even consider the the fact that to even speak to this person, you know, and, and, uh, and it took me reaching out and say, listen, man, you know, the past in the past and, and we're, we're best friends now, you know, and it's just, it, you, you lose these connections of people that you love. And it's just sometimes for something so petty and so, and so insignificant that you, that you, you rather get them out of your life. So it's, it's, it's great that you were able to do that. And, and, it's, and you, that's the gift you're giving to your children, you know, because at the end of the day, that's that they're the one that, they're the ones that are enjoying your, your father, you know, and then, and their, and their grandfather. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, initially it was just like, I had, I felt like I was robbed of my childhood and all these things. But then as I learned to have more gratitude for the situation and everything too, I'm like, you know, they did the best that they could with what they had. Yeah. You cannot change the past. And that's one of the most devastating things for people to get out of is like, you know, you're living in the past. My, um, you know, my sister who I'm very close with when she was young, the love of her life killed himself. And she never moved on. Um, she's so strong. She's a cancer survivor. Um, she had to play mom many times in my life. That's why she was my role model. Um, but it's crazy because you, you know, she just got to a point where a friend brutally told her, like, he's he's dead, he's gone, you know. And you're like, well, that's really harsh. But then she was like, you're right. I've got to move on with my life, you know. And it's the same thing. It's like all those scars um, and, and whatnot as, as a childhood. Like I believe that those are turning into the father that I am because my kids are, are my greatest blessing in my life. And um, I'm so excited because uh, the, the seven-year-old Rosalind and the five-year-old Alani, they're very entrepreneurial. Yeah, and totally. they want to do their own little business. And, you know, they're talking about YouTube videos and, you know, they do their sketches and drawing. And, I mean, they're really into it. And so that's exciting for me. Yeah. Um, I would never push it on them, you know. Like, if they want to go to school and do all these things, I want to be supportive in that way. But it's exciting for me to see that they're entrepreneurial-minded. Look, they are doing what they're seeing you do. Yeah. At the end of the day, I think – uh, at least for us, yeah. Seeing my parents mm -hmm. in the grind, yep. Building their businesses, failing many times, mm -hmm. having to restart from zero many times. You know, my dad uh, had cancer when he was in his forties, yeah, and he had to sell everything. You know, insurance wasn't insurance back then. You didn't have insurance <laughs> for health. Yes, and he had to sell everything: properties, cars, mm -hmm. basically almost back to zero again. Once he got healed. We saw him rebuild. Yeah, you know, and and at that time, you don't really understand right. what you're watching and what you're witnessing. Yes, but at least for us, and I think for your kids, what yep. you realize is that school that you're giving them mm -hmm. with your example doesn't have a price. It's, yeah, it's they they can't get that anywhere else. Yeah, it's crazy. We were. Uh, have you ever? Like, I'm very, like, um, scent-oriented in memory. You ever smelt, smelt something and you're oh, yeah. like, ah, oh, this reminds me of my childhood. Yeah. Um, you know, when we lived in our old house before we sold it, I was out there and it was kind of a warm day and I can smell, like, um, uh, the stench in soda cans. Yeah. Right? And uh, it just took me back when, you know, when we, um, when we first started, we didn't have enough money for the permit needed from the state. 
So I literally collected cans to get the final amount of dollars to to get it, you know. So it's like it's one of those things where you know where there's a where there's a will, there's a way. Um, and anybody who's going through extremely hard times now, you just can't give up because they're going to happen. You, you know, you're going to get punched in your mouth, and you gotta you gotta get up and dust yourself off and keep moving forward. Yeah, you know? and get creative. Yes, you know because look, it, it uh, sometimes I think we kind of narrow ourselves to like oh i'm i'm the ceo of my business yes right <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm the president of my business which in reality if you're a business owner and you're getting started or even halfway through or even at, at the highest level mm -hmm. look a key person misses the day gets sick or mm -hmm. has to have surgery or whatever guess what you gotta go do it yeah. you gotta go mop the floors if you need to you gotta go do whatever it takes yeah. and i think you know being humble enough to accept the fact that um, even as an example to your employees and your team, mm -hmm. being there with them hand in hand and helping them, it's, it's great for them. Yeah. Because it helps them realize that you're just another person like themselves. Yeah. Well, and it always, I've always prided myself on, I wouldn't ask my uh, team to do something I wouldn't do myself. Right. You know, hands and knees, like you said, cleaning up the blood. Yeah. You know, putting up in the early years, we literally, we used to go rent a U-Haul trailer and we would set everything up with three of us. And then as soon as the event was done, we'd run home and unpack it and get it back to U-Haul so we didn't get the extra $25 charge on something. <laughs> from that U-Haul right here on the media, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right down the street. So I think sometimes too, you have to stop and um, journaling everything has been amazing for me because you don't realize how far you've come yourself, right? So it's easy to be like, gosh, I'm in this rut or all this thing's happening. But when you journal it and you go back, like I look at where we started in that little one bedroom apartment um, to where everything is now, you're like, you know, it's, it's crazy. Or, yeah. you know, I love your story of waking up on that Black Friday and your business had exploded yeah. and you, know, you never look back. And so, sleeping at the office, right? With our, with our kid on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, being creative is, is so key. Um, that's why I say you got type A entrepreneur, type B, type B. There's nothing wrong with it, but they want to buy a, you know, a ready made um, business and step in and operate. We're type A where we want to go the hard route, yeah. you know, the, the crazy way. Say, hey, if you got this crazy idea that 99% of people don't believe in, you're either gonna fail miserably or you're gonna succeed beyond your wildest dreams. Yes. Yeah, you know? and you know, that that's a great point that you you were talking about, you know, just being able to do to do it all, but also going back to what you said uh, in, in the beginning of the interview, you know, the problems with cash flow that we all have with, with uh, being entrepreneurs and starting a business, it, that's a mistake. I've seen many, many, many entrepreneurs do that, you know, that as soon as they get, uh, they, they start getting some money, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, you know I'm going to buy a brand new truck and I'm going to buy a big house and I'm going to pay myself all kinds of money because I'm the president, like you said, Carlos, you know, I'm, I'm the president of the company now, you know, so I'm, I'm big time, you know, I'm big time. And, and uh, they, they don't, they forget to feed their business instead of feeding instead of and they start just to feed themselves you know and, and the business constantly needs nurturing and like, and like you you've seen man and we've all seen we've all had failures we've all we've all seen businesses that have grown a ton and then all of a sudden something happens sometimes beyond your control and it, and it's out you know and, and then if you accumulate all this debt all these bills all everything you you're i mean you're gonna end up in trouble more often than not you know yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, I, I think that's probably the scariest part for a lot of people is the financial burden that this carries. 
Um, that's one thing where I will say, you know, I was very blessed. I started so young. I didn't have nobody but myself to worry about. Um, and even for the first few years with me and, you know, with, me, with, me. Yeah, with yeah. me and Becca, it was just us and our dogs, you know, there wasn't, it was just like, and we went through the ramen noodle phase, you know, and we talked about that. It was just like, I remember like, it was like, we were on like a 20, $25 a week budget for food. So it was like, ramen noodles and then the five dollar pizza from blackjack pizza was like the highlight of our week on sunday but i've always like have thought that way and that was one of the things that i can be proud of that i did right if i made a bunch of money on something we literally rolled 90 percent of it right back into the next thing and the next thing and the next thing so that we could create more assets instead of liabilities which i see a lot of you know entrepreneurs and young ones make a, a mistake of you know, buying these fancy cars and these big houses and burying themselves, you know, and then when the business does come across those either, you know, trying times um, or for, you know, now I look forward to some of those, those are opportunities for guys like us Yes, that have the experience now, you know, to be able to, to buy low. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, and look, I, I think uh, you shared some amazing insights with, with us and, you know, if, if anybody's watching, I would say, guys, share this because there's a lot of people out there that need to hear successful entrepreneurs like Jeff that have gone through the journey of starting from scratch, right? Failing a bunch of times like we have, and then realizing that, you know, as long as you stay in the grind, you learn your lessons, you ask for advice, you have good team members to rely on and you reinvest in your business, you know, success is possible. Yeah. Success is there. Mm -hmm. And and that's really what drives me to ask you a question. It's like, what do you think entrepreneurship has given you? Oh my God, it's given me the greatest lesson of my life, Carlos. Honestly, it's uh, without entrepreneurship, I wouldn't have the opportunity to be who I am today, or and to truly express myself. Um, I I would love so much someday to see school incorporate more entrepreneurial classes. Yeah. Um, I've learned so much more by going to entrepreneurs like yourself and being like, what's your story? You know, what's your story? What's your story? That's always my first thing in any meeting I go to now, if I'm in front of the CEO, I want to know their story. And I still just learned so much from it. So entrepreneurship for me has given me a life that I didn't even know was possible, you know? Um, and I want to be able to share this with other people. And so when people ask me for my time, no matter how busy I am, I, I do, I, you know, find a time to go to lunch or coffee or you know, something for them. Control of your time, man. Isn't that priceless, right? It's the most valuable uh, asset in yeah. an entrepreneur's life. And, and happiness. Yes. Because I think, you know, a lot of people say money doesn't buy happiness. And I think they're right in a way. But mm. time buys happiness, yes. in my opinion. When you have time to do the things that you truly like yes. and enjoy, like spending time with your kids, yep. your family, your wife, taking her on trips or helping other people, yeah. and you don't have to answer to anybody else, but you can control that, mm -hmm. that brings you joy that you can't explain. Yeah. I tell people that all the time. As you know, we do, um, like every year we do this annual Sparta Shoes for Kids. Yeah. And uh, this was born when I, I was probably in about uh, seventh grade. I never had a brand new pair of shoes. And there was a local entrepreneur on the basketball course. And he always used to, you know, he used to give me crap. He's like, what's up with your shoes, my boy? And I was like, well, that's what I have. And he owned an ice sculpting business. They would do ice sculptures for restaurants. And so he's like, what size are you? And I told him the next day he showed up to the basketball course with a brand new pair of Jordans. Oh, wow. It sounds crazy, but it changed my life. 
And he said, the only thing I really want you to do is I want you, how are you going to pay me back? You're going to do this for somebody else when you get older. So 10 years ago, we launched it and we went from doing one kid to two to three to 10 to 30 to 40 kids a year. Um, and they get $150 and they can buy any pair of shoes that they want or they can you know, spend it on clothes or just whatever. And I'm not a materialistic person by any means, but I believe that a child at least once in their life deserves that opportunity to have whatever they want. Yeah. You know, it's, um, that's just important to me. And then, you know, coming up December 17th, we have our, our 10th annual Sparta Christmas crusade and same thing. We take nominated children from the area and we take them shopping and they get 300 or $200 a piece to buy whatever they want. Good. That's in December. Yeah, that's December. I thought I was it was this weekend. Yes, and I was, I was like, what the heck? I was, he can I, was I, was like, I was like, he's talking about somebody else. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> oh, good. Um, so I didn't yeah, miss it. Didn't miss it. So, so, yeah, wait, take, when is this? Uh, December 17th. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, so, but I think what's awesome about our program is that if you know somebody in need, they send me an email and I respond personally. And I can say, um, you know, I just use my gut. And I don't make people go through financial documents and all this BS because I've seen it firsthand of parents that get turned down for assistance because they make too much money right. but they can't even keep the damn lights on yeah you know yeah. and so in our in all of our time doing this i feel like i've only been taken advantage of twice but that's on them you know exactly. what I mean? they they, they got to live with it and um it's so amazing and that drives me more i want to go do that for, i want to do that for thousands of kids yeah. you know every year and so that's an incredible thing. And then on Christmas Eve every year, I love my fighters for this. They come out, I buy 300 hot meals and we go downtown and uh, we hand out handshakes, hugs, and hot meals. Nice. And um, I always tell people like, you'd be amazed what eye contact and talking to somebody like a human being can do for their confidence and self-esteem. You know, 95% mm -hmm. of the people are down there because look, they've made some bad choices. Um, there's drugs, mental issues, everything like that. But there's 5% of people down there that have just completely um, just gotten a tough, you know, a tough break and they need a little bit of help. And, um, you know, it's just crazy. And one of the stories before we go, I wanted to share with you, I have a brother and uh, my brother, I want to say is 51, but growing up, he was just always in trouble. He went to prison for 21 years. Okay. He got out eight years ago. And uh, last May, he graduated with a degree, a four-year degree in electrical engineering nice. and he, at age 50. And so he works for a company now that knows his past and he's like, he's exploding in his career. And, you know, it's just, I like that. So we're not very close, but I like that story because I'm like, what an incredible story. Here's a guy that got roped into, you know, he was in gangs and drugs and all these things that turned around his life at, you know, at age 50. And it's just never, it's never too late. Yeah, never too, you know, it's never too early for sure. The earlier, the better, but it's never too late. Yeah. You know, we say this all over and over. I mean, it, this, this seems to be a recurring thing in, in, our, in our interviews. You know, it's, it's um, you know, reaching out and lifting others. It, it's, it's an amazing thing that uh, by doing that, you, you lift yourself. You know, we, we raise by lifting others. And, uh, you know, just people think that giving back is, 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 you know, spending a ton of money and, um, you know, and, and actually buying people things. And, and, you know, when we can do that as, as entrepreneurs and as a co as companies awesome, but like you said, just having eye contact, you know, um, saying hello, you know, seeing how you're doing, uh, helping somebody cross the street. Uh, you never know what impact, what, what impact you will do in that person. And you never know what they're going through. 
and sometimes that that's all it takes to 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 change their life or to improve the situation and just just saying hello you know a heartfelt hello a heartfelt smile it, it it can change somebody's life you know it's it's so true i mean having somebody believe in you is like one of the most incredible feelings in the world you have to believe in yourself you know first and foremost um, but when you get somebody that really believes in what you're doing, it's a feeling I can't even describe, you know, it's just like, wow, it's, you know, with Becca, she's like, I believe in your dreams, no matter what they are, we're going to make them happen. Um, and you know that that's, I mean, we got a team full of those people now. Yeah. So that's, that's really, it, it's amazing. Um, but you're so right. The, the eye contact and, you know, we're in a world of technology where everything's like a text message and so many things can be misconstrued that way. I love good old fashioned lunch meetings and eye contact and phone calls. And you got to text a lot because that's the world that we're in, especially CEOs, you're busy, you know? Um, but when you have a moment, if there's disagreement of any sort or not, a phone call or a, yeah. Otherwise it's like, I can't believe you said this. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's like, Oh, I didn't mean it that way. Oh, really? Oh, and then a year went by and yeah. I thought that you did. Yeah. Right? <laughs> no, I, I, I read some, uh, I read somewhere that, that, that it's just, it, you know, you have, it's not, it's, 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 it's just, it's not what you say, you know, it, it's what you do and taking that little, little bit of time and people ask sometimes, you know, what do you do? Not, not because, not because they want to know what you do, but because they want to know what level of respect they want to give you, yeah. you know? And, and, and it's, that's just outrageous to me that, that people do that because it just, everybody deserves the same respect. Everybody deserves, deserves you, you, you reaching out and you, it, like you said, man, it's, it's amazing that what you, what you're doing. If somebody just reached out, man, can, can we go out for some coffee or whatever? And just taking the time to, to, to just listen to other human beings and, and to be able to give them some, some sort of, of value by, by giving them advice or just, uh, you know, being able to help them with their situation as little as or as big as can be, it, it can make a huge difference. Oh, it's so true. And the other thing for young entrepreneurs out there is like, you cannot compare your journey to anybody else's because it's different. It's not, that, that's not what it is. I mean, cause it's easy. You know, when I was coming up, I had another entrepreneur buddy who he did, he got into real estate and like that became a millionaire, you know, cause he had some, he made some right strategic moves. Um, the biggest thing you can't, you can't ever just be like, why, why am I not there yet? And that's where the problem comes in. If, if people that are pursuing money instead of passion it's never going to work out it will never be long term for them yeah. ever so fall in love with the journey yes i think that's you know one of the biggest things that i've taken out with yeah. you because yeah. at some point in time you did that yeah i mean even as you know how it is like when we've had those moments you're like what did i do or like yeah. you know this is like should i just get a job i mean i've had that thought in my head at least I'd say five to seven times in a serious conversation with myself yeah. um, over the time. But, you know, 45 minutes an hour, I get right out of yeah. it. Um, and, you know, if you knew my wife, you, you'd laugh and you hear this. One time I was just so pissed. She came down. She's like, are you going to feel sorry for yourself? Or are you going to sack up and we're going to fix this? You know, and she's just very strong personality like that. Dude, and uh, <laughs> I'm like, first I was pissed and then I'm like, you're right. You know, yeah. but man, there's just, there's something, it's like you said, the time, like, you know, being able to like say, you know, what, I'm going to pick up my daughters from school or we're going to, we're going to go to Waterworld today or, you know, we're going to go here or there. Yeah. Um, that's, that's priceless. No, the beauty of being able to put things in pause in your yeah. business and say, guys, I have today a recital with my daughter. Yes. And just don't answer your phone. 
yeah or not answer to somebody that is like hey you have to turn in this on friday it's like yeah no i don't right <laughs> I, I go into serious uh anxiety over my phone though and it's going off you know and you're yeah. like well because i mean that's how we started the business and right. then you're like right. but yeah, I mean, you got to be able to step away from it. And that's the unique situation with me and Becca is like, neither one of us know how to step away. Um, but we both make incredible sacrifices so that, that the girls don't suffer from it at all. You know, sometimes that's it means awesome. not sleeping, but um, it's just, a, it's just been amazing. I just, I love it, you know, and I was in a meeting the other day and the guy was just like, I gotta say, I love your energy. And it's just like your energy introduces yourself before you ever say a word, right? Um, but that has, I mean, we're, we're pursuing our dreams yeah. as, as hard as it is like to sit here and, and be, you know, my stress today was, you know, going from the gym to a meeting to try to make it here in time. And I'm like, I'm, I'm blessed, yeah. you know, and have people like you in my life, like that, you know, have had an outrageous amount of success as well. And it's, you've been a great, um, you've been a great role model for me in many ways as well. So it, it's been awesome. No, I gotta I tell you, it. man, it's, it's been an awesome interview. Thank you so much. Thank you. You've inspired me more than I have, I could ever give you back, to be honest with you. I've, I've watched your journey. I've seen you um, in all facets, really, because yeah. I've seen you uh, never give up, number one. Yep. Uh, be passionate about what you do. Yeah. There's not one time that I've seen you uh, feel sorry for yourself. That's happening in private, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good to hear right, it yeah. because we all go through it, yeah. right? Um, and be a light. In the, in the lives of others. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think, you know, as, as entrepreneurs and as uh, entrepreneur brothers, really, and that's yeah. the name of our channel. In, I know, in I love Spanish, it. right? Uh, I just couldn't buy the domain in English. Yeah. But uh, as soon as we make our first uh, $50,000, We'll mm -hmm. buy the entrepreneurbrothers.com domain. <laughs> that's awesome. And, We're uh, coming but, for you guys. But, but, but but you know, the, the reason that we started that name in Spanish is because first it was Ricardo and I. Mm -hmm. But then I started thinking, Entrepreneur Brothers means we're all entrepreneurs. We're yeah. brothers. Yeah. Because we have the same common interest, the same passion, uh, eventually develops into something more. And I see all the very successful entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. It's not about them anymore. No. They start giving, yes. right? They start handing out. They start you know, uh, wanting to improve the world, mm -hmm. which I think entrepreneurship, just like you said, um, if we have a chance in our lifetime, and I hope we do, to incorporate that more into schools, to yeah. volunteer some of our time to go talk to kids and say, look, there's another way, mm -hmm. right? I know that they're getting you ready to go interview for your next job, yeah. but hey, why don't we show you how to start a business, Yeah. right? Whatever you're passionate about can be your business. Yeah. Whatever you're good at, can be your business yeah and it can be developing to something that you do full-time if you want to yeah. or that you do on the side so that you're never in need yeah and you can meet your 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 needs and your wants even yeah and have diversity of income yes and not be tied to anybody else that's telling you to punch a clock every day yeah i mean that's really a big uh motivator for me as well is you know, I remember, you know, when 9-11 happened and that was all happening and all the people from MCI WorldCom, I mean, some of these people thought they were millionaires in their stock options and they're still working today because there was nothing left. So at the end of the day, if I have nothing, I want that to be my responsibility. If my family has everything, I want that to be my responsibility as well, you know, um, because it's just there's not everybody's an entrepreneur. And that's okay. Yeah. Um, that was like one of the faults I had is like. 
being young, I thought everybody could be an entrepreneur, right? Or everybody wanted. And so I see the full potential of somebody sometimes that even they don't. And sometimes that fails um, with them being employees or team members because they don't have the same driver passion or they don't see and believe in themselves the way that I do. Um, and I have just always had like the highest amount of self belief. I don't believe anything's impossible. Right. You know, because it's true. It's like, it's always impossible until it's done. You know, they talked about how impossible the four minute mile was. Mm -hmm. And then when he did it since that point, then 26 people did it following the next 12 months, five of them or four of them being high school students. Yeah. Right. So there is no dream too crazy. No. You know, no, you know, it's possible. Yes. You know, I mean that dude just, uh, did a marathon in less than an hour. Yeah. Less than two hours. Two hours. Less than two hours? Okay. Less than two hours. Yeah. I mean, I just, you find me dead on the side of the road after about three quarters of a mile. So. Oh, yeah, man. They're, they're, they're amazing, man. They're amazing. Brother, thank you so much for your thank time you. today, I man. It's been awesome. Thank you so much. It was very nice to meet you, brother. It's not going to be the last time. No. We got a lot uh, of stuff to do it again. Yes. And, and it's, you know, we, we have a lot of people to inspire out there. And I think stories like this. Yeah. Is really something that we all must watch number one to give us perspective yeah right and to give us uh, a little bit of extra knowledge and uh, those those things that you know we could hear it a hundred times yes there's many messages I think as entrepreneurs we've heard a hundred times mm -hmm. but but the one time that you hear it from somebody you relate to yeah that's when it clicks yeah it hits home and you're like oh shoot yep. I should have been doing this three years ago yeah. Right. And then you start putting it in practice and you realize, oh, my results are changing because yep. finally mm -hmm. I was able to receive the message and go apply. Well, one of the problems that I see with like um, business coaches and online coaches and all these things, you know, is that they want to talk about how they became a millionaire and everything. They very rarely share the, the realistic part of the struggles and the struggles of being able to raise capital and get investors and, you know, everything like that. And so I think that's been one of the best things about my story is that people have seen, I mean, literally we did this with no, no support other than just being incredibly creative. Um, and that's just, I mean, if there's a will, there's a way. I mean, there is a thousand different ways to, to skin a cat. Yeah. So. Sure. Awesome, brother. Thanks Thank you so much. I appreciate again, the man. opportunity. It's been awesome. Thanks, man. Thank, Thank you. you, brother. See you in person soon.